Hello and welcome to Warehouse 69, the Fediverse's finest Warehouse 13 watch podcast. I'm Princess Grace, with me as always is my co-host Timmy. How you doing, Timmy? I'm pretty good. How are you today, Grace? Oh, can't complain, thanks for asking. I am just pleased as punch to talk about today's episode. Season 3, episode 5. 3, 2, 1. That's like a rocket countdown. I'm not being weird with the episode number. Uh, directed it's got by ellipses. Chris. Yeah. Uh, directed by Chris Fisher, written by Bob Goodman, original air date August 8th, 2011. This was the most viewed episode this season at two and a half and a, little, and a half million viewers. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, so we open on a recap. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Helena, we want to remember that Jack and Rebecca exist. That's about it, really. Yep, pretty much. But hey, it means there's good things to come because this is an an episode that has Helena in it. And we immediately find ourselves uh, transported back in time to 1893 London, uh, the location of Warehouse 12, where Helena was working. Yeah. Yep. And it's very British, or at least as British as a bunch of Americans trying to be British yeah. can be. You know, there's people running around in, you know, English police uniforms and They certainly managed to call the cops bobbies a lot. Yeah, this guy yeah, the guy says uh he says bloody and he kind of loses accent while he's yeah, talking. Like- but he does have a curly mustache, so you could tell he's yeah, supposed to be Yeah, one of the two guys has, like, the English as an as a American television accent, and the other guy is doing mm-hmm. a little bit too heavy London. Like, actual mm-hmm. London, not, uh... <laughs> not, not received pronunciation, right. he's doing London. Yeah, which, I mean... Points for the effort, I guess, but like it, it felt a little bit weird when one person was doing a much more British accent than the other person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although I don't know anything about these warehouse agents. Maybe they're uh, from far afield. Who cares? Who knows? Yeah, we 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 certainly don't learn anything about them. I don't even think we get their names. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Do we have them in the list of people? Uh, Jack, Rebecca, Vincent Crowley, Sir Eddington. Basically, the conceit of this episode is, in trying to find this artifact, we flash between 1873 London, the 80s, and, sorry, the 60s, and today, by what, 2011. And so we get to meet a little bit of everyone from, you know, all of, all three periods Every in history. Every period that Eight. has named characters, it, we're going to meet them. Yeah. Yep. Because, yeah, Helena's Which our in- earliest named character, and then we have Rebecca and Jack, and then straight into uh, the present day. Uh, the pr- the myst- Yeah, the mysterious future of 2011. So, we see Helena at the beginning, don't we? Or no, there's just the uh, the guy wandering through the uh, street. Yeah, I think there's just, like, a guy going through the street, and 
He gets, he just gets honked into a fine t- mist. Sorted. Yeah, I just heard <laughs> British crime, which True. is what happened. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then we go forward to the '60s, where we see uh, Doug Farley being a bird. Oh noticer. yeah, we got uh, a bird watcher. Uh, yeah, this is Greenbury, Ohio, which I believe is a suburb of Dayton, uh, in 1962. Mm-hmm. Rockin' Robin is playing in the background, as it does for any bird watcher. Yeah. This is a song that I have, like, specific negative associations with. I will not listen to this song pretty much ever. I mean, after all, Surf and Bird, a.k.a. Bird is the Word, wouldn't right. come out until next year, so. Uh. And, and uh, basically... I in my notes I wrote, oh shit, dude got vaped. Based, you know, a horn sound plays, he gets zapped by a thing, and he just turns right. into fucking Doctor dust. Doom toots as he pleases. Yeah, he he was out here noticing birds and honking off, and he got honked. And uh, next thing in my notes is Pete is as Pete loves to do, eating a bunch of pie. Yeah, we have now been transported to present-day Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. One of my very favorite locations for uh, for any episode to take place in. Because it's a place near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And it's probably as close to home as this gets. Have you also eaten five slices of warm lemon meringue uh, pie? You know, to help I out the diner. I cannot say that I have. Uh, I probably would if it helps out the diner, though. Mm-hmm. Seems like a pretty nice diner. Yeah, like, I haven't been to a diner in forever because there's some good stuff in the Pacific Northwest, but it does not have okay. diners. Yeah, we have a lot of soulless diners, and then we have all of the, like, good ones. Mm. I just want a place that'll serve me like some nice greasy food for right. cheap. Yeah. There's a lot of good food in Seattle, but none of it is like that. Uh I I will always remember uh my old college roommate and I were uh you know we'd we'd graduate well yeah, we were taking a summer trip out to the Grand Canyon. Or really just out to they were going out west, and, you know, we weren't going to see each other after that for a while, so we did a road trip together. They dropped me off in Vegas and go on their way to Orange nice. County. I'd fly back home. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun trip. And I always remember, you know, it was midnight 30. We, we just left the Grand Canyon. We stopped at this little diner in somewhere in Utah, just on the highway somewhere. And uh, I don't know if the geography of that makes sense, but regardless. Regardless, we're at this diner, you know, it was a really nice dinner. We, uh, you know, had a good dessert. The, uh, the waitress was re- really impressed that I calculated okay. in my head. Uh, uh <sighs> we have a, uh, we used to have a, a, uh, local greasy spoon that was like a really genuine example of a greasy spoon in that it would later be shut down by the health department. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, they... I spent a fair amount of time there in, you know, from 19 to like 21 or so, because it was one of mm-hmm. the only places to go at one in the morning when you had nothing better to do. And it it was like yeah. 30 minutes from my house, but whatever, it there was nothing else going on. Yeah, like I've 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 spent more time trying to get worse or no food One at night, that hour. Uh, we met a guy who was sitting at the adjacent booth, who explained. Uh, he asked if we knew who ICP was, and then explained that he used to run with those guys. <laughs> and we must have looked at him a little bit incredulously. Because he then proceeded to tell us to bring up a specific music video and then pointed himself out in it. He was just like oh my God. chilling in this music video with his uh, friends, all of the members of Insane Clown Posse. So what you're saying is you are now two degrees from Shaggy, Two Dope, and Violent right. J. Uh, and he, uh, he proceeded to tell us all about how uh, he saw demons and shit, and like they're into some real scary shit. Uh, and now he's doing some sort of youth outreach for uh, Juggalos. <laughs> like, like he's he's running a he's running a program for like recovering Juggalos. Uh, so or I think he's okay with Juggaloing, he, but he's not cool with. The guys, the guys in the band. So he's, uh, I think his outreach ministry is like uh, similar to the other Christian outreach ministry to Juggalos that exists, where their whole deal is they go to the uh, the gathering of the Juggalos every year and just give them like free water and like. Uh, help them out because everyone is on so many hundreds of drugs all at once that like you really need mm-hmm. someone with a tent that just gives out free water and kind words. <laughs> yeah. So like reasonable. I think it was something more along those lines like uh he knows what it's like to be in that world so he tries to be, you know, your friend, the the, the Jesusy yeah. type of friend that uh Tells you all about how to get saved whenever you're in your darkest place, summoning demons with your pal Shaggy Two Dope. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't say too many mean things about ICP because they seem like cool dudes. They've made some missteps in the past, but you know they're they seem like they're comrades. They're cert- they're you know class conscious right. and, and shit. like. Violent J, at the very least, seems like a very good dad. He he got himself a yeah, fursuit to go hang out with his uh, daughter at furry conventions. <laughs> yeah, that rules. It's so good. You can look up photos of him in his fursuit, and they're just like... It's great because he's out at these conventions, and he just gets absolutely blitzed. And there's tons of photos of him like slumped in a corner in his entire fursuit. Yeah, like, there was a whole thing, I remember when that happened, there was a whole thing with it where, like, his daughter bought, like, a shitty fursuit online from someone who, like, you know, scammed her pretty much, 
he like spoke out, like, hey, you know, can, is there anyone out there I could pay to make a nice one? And hell, while you're at it, make right. one for me too. And they put the uh, the AliExpress seller on blast on the Psychopathic yeah. Records official uh, YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, like <laughs> I hope you scammed the wrong daughter of a juggle. I would not <laughs> Damn right. Uh, I would not fall asleep in a fursuit though. Oh you yeah, it seems dehydrated. like a bad Those time. Especially drunk. You're already dehydrated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. People gotta look out. If your friends are passing out, uh get them someplace comfy and take the big polyester head off. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like, if you're first one, you need, like, a handler. You need, like, someone to... I don't know about uh, need, but, like, it is a good idea to, like, yeah, have someone on hand. if you're planning can, on like, getting absolutely see? blitzed, then maybe, yeah. Yeah. Especially because it's gotta uh, be a bad time to puke in the in the uh, head thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ugh. And, you know, you know, even if you oh, can, yeah. it's, it's gonna smell It's just forever. all over. It's gonna be hot. Ugh. The closest thing we had to a greasy spoon around here was a place called the Crossroads Cafe, which was in the food court of the Crossroads Mall, hence the name. They had, like, a big neon sign, like, jutting out into the food court, and, like, you know, those, you could, like, sit at the counter if you wanted, or order food and just, like, eat in the food court area. They, um, were the only place I've ever seen to get a needs improvement from the local health department, which is the lowest grade you can get. Fantastic. Um, and. They were later shut down because they owed, like, a lot of money to the state for unpaid taxes. Yeah, my local place is, uh, or was, inside of a, uh, disused rail car. Oh, it, it's such Bad. a cool building, because it's just, like, all stainless everywhere. And, yeah, they just sort of parked the rail car, uh, like, probably 80 years ago, turned it into a diner, moved it to a different town, uh, opened it up as the diner again. But, yeah, eventually they got shut down by the health department for, uh, rats. So, so many rats. Hmm. <laughs> it's a shame, it well, shame about the rats. I I want to eat an old rail car. Yeah, that sounds it was rad. really rad. And like, I don't know. Maybe they should just have a sign that says there were a bunch of rats and let me take my chances. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't actually believe that. <laughs> let the free market decide what is a reasonable number of rats right. to have in your restaurant. <laughs> Like, maybe they're doing a ratatouille. Right, exactly. You never know. Oh, you think these rats don't need a home? Like. Yeah. You don't think these rats, the rats need a home <laughs> under my chef hat, working my arms and legs like a puppet's to help right. me cook good food. I, I can't do it myself. So, uh. Yeah. Back to, oh, yeah. back to our episode. Uh. Yeah, Mike is checking out a billboard that got semi-vaporized, and, you know, she got to observe it close up while Pete was eating pie. Yeah, I keep wanting to call it getting norted, but oh, that's yeah. something else. Uh, 
But yeah, Micah, you know, she's been looking at the billboard. Pete and Micah have a back and forth about how Pete's not being helpful. He's just sitting here eating pie. Right. And the- and then they go back to the warehouse, yeah, I think. He got like some useful tidbit of information from the surfer, but like. Oh, oh yeah, it was about yeah, the noise, I think. But they go to the warehouse and it's uh, H.G. Wells time, baby. Yep, uh, we've got a, a purple streak Claudia, who again, has actually dyed her hair and isn't using an extension this episode. Uh, and, uh, yeah, pretty much, uh, Artie, t- you know, blah, blah, blah. Artie thinks it's the Horn of Jericho. Well, it's the Horn of, I think, Joshua or something from the yeah, Battle of Jericho. Yeah, uh, it's Joshua's horn. Joshua's, yeah. yeah, Joshua's trumpet, there we go. Uh... The thing I'm interested and, in is Artie in passing says that uh, Steve is on personal leave. And I have no idea why he's on yep. personal leave. I guess they didn't have anything for him yeah, to do like this episode. Yeah, they wrote episode. this entire episode like and figured- then they're like, wait a minute, we forgot about Steve. <laughs> Because, you know, because it's not like Claudia does all that much in this episode either. And usually, like, usually you have a Pete and Micah thing and then either a Clardy thing or now a, a Claudia Yeah, and Steve the standard thing. format is A plot and B plot. Yeah, but this one, you know, the A yeah, plot's too a, big. A plot grew too, uh, got inflated too big and round. <laughs> <laughs> Pushed everything else out of the show. Ah. Uh. And, uh, yeah, so Artie pulls out this, uh, this magic eight ball, pretty much, that, uh, makes a hologram Helena show up, uh, and, uh, she's, like, still in her prison, wherever the hell it is, but I guess they can, you know, just like Mrs. Frederick did earlier, you can hologram her out with this magic eight ball, uh, Pete says something about, uh, well, I must have started. I must have started drinking again because I'm seeing things. Which, yeah, Pete is just right. snitty the entire time. Like, yeah, he is constantly shitty to and about Helena, which I can see why. Like, he did just watch her have her eco right. fash, and turn. more importantly, that eco fash turn almost lost him, Micah, which is the bigger deal to him. Yeah. Again, I can see why Pete's mad. As someone watching the show, I'm really just bad at the writers that right. they did that with Helena. Although, it, it's kind of weird to think about. I think ge- genuinely Pete would be less mad if Helena had just destroyed everything. Well, right, exactly. he still wouldn't have been around for it. Uh, we learned that not only was... Uh, someone was killed by the uh the thing that took out part of the sign too weren't they or was it just the sign because there was also a bridge painter up on the fort pit bridge who uh got blasted into uh being a pile of dust Mm -hmm. which like i don't know the fort pit bridge is the big one and they mentioned Artie mm. mentioned, because they asked if uh, anyone caught it on traffic camera or anything, and he's like, 
uh, the bridge was shut down for maintenance. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Like. Yeah, like, you can't, like, you can't just like, shut down, y- like, you can't just shut down a bridge for maintenance. You can, I like, mean, especially the- in Pittsburgh, where I, like, there are 110 more of them. <laughs> but yeah, you cannot shut like, down the Fort Pitt Bridge. Because it is the only access yeah. to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. And the Fort Pitt Tunnel is the only way to leave the city of Pittsburgh to the west. Like, or the only reasonable one. You can go up over Mount Washington or whatever. There's a Mount Washington Tunnel too. But it's like really out of the way. Yeah, like back when the pandemic started, the uh, Highway 520 Bridge, the fancy floating bridge that connects, you know, Redmond Bellevue area to Seattle proper over the over the sound like they found like oh shit we have to like start fixing this bridge because um right it's not great. and this is the first time the traffic uh, is low yeah pretty much like they did like coincidentally right when the pandemic started like just dis- discover this it showed up in the news I wonder how long they knew and just like oh no well now that we can like now that there's no traffic right. we can start working yeah, uh, I recall uh, Pittsburgh did some renovations on the bridge recently, and for like a month straight, they would close it, but only in the middle of the night, and only mm-hmm. going one direction. Yeah, that's the other thing is, you know, the 520 bridge, it gets shut down, you know, halfway or, you know, reduced, yeah. uh, you know, they shut down some of the lanes or whatever. I don't know what you what all you do to like fix it. I always uh whenever they would shut down part of the bridge, it would be the part to leave the city in the evening. So like I would drive to Pittsburgh, discover that uh Mayor Bill wanted to keep me there and I was not allowed to leave the city anymore. <laughs> like you had to take such a roundabout route to avoid the Fort Pitt Bridge. <laughs> It was just like the mayor wanted to trap everyone in. Mm-hmm. He can't leave now. I'm right. mayoring. Uh, and so hologram Helena much is made about the fact she's a hologram. Uh, Helena mentions that she is in some kind of limbo prison. On this episode, she spends a lot of time touching her locket that reminds her of her dead daughter. Remember her dead daughter? I hope you do, because it's like the right, one thing she has. it's the one has. character trait she has. Until they want her to destroy the world, then she forgets all about it. Mm-hmm. Like, she claims she wanted to destroy the world because it got worse since... We already talked about this, we can't right. litigate this Although again. Although this did, does come up pretty directly in the episode. Oh, yes, that's her. This is a yeah. big moment at the end. But we do, uh, it looks like the next thing we do is flashback to uh, London again. And uh, mm-hmm. HG is at some sort of dinner party where her brother is entertaining because uh, everyone thinks he writes the uh, the books. So, yeah. So he's Which, famous and she's just like... Up needling at him the whole time. Yeah, because uh 
as we, yeah, because as we know, and as we was explained to us in the recap, all the ideas are hers, but he does the he does the actual writing, and also you know takes credit for writing the right. books because he's. But a also, dude. like she seems to suggest that he's like just totally incompetent without her ideas. But like, if he wrote all yeah. of those books, like sci-fi is not about how. I mean, it is about building a cool and believable world, but it's not about building yeah. the most technically correct world. Yeah, and, and like, like she provides the ideas, yes, but like, you know, if he's actually the one writing these books, like writing is work, even right. if someone else provides he's the ideas. He's a science fiction like, narrative with like the the framework developed through. What's presumably real things that Helena designed. Yeah. Like, it's like, still all of the work of writing well, least, a sci-fi book. Yeah, like, you know, I I take writing commissions. People, like, pay me to write things for them based and on their ideas. And if you're listening, and I, uh, like, listener, and thinking about it, uh, I'm sure there's... Yeah. Drop me a line. Uh, reasonable rates, I like to think. Um... But, uh, like, yeah, it's, it's work. It's, you know, sure, there's, there's value in an idea, but, like, ideas are much cheaper than finished products because it takes work to refine an idea into something, into yeah, a novel. ideas are one of those things that can come to anyone, but if you don't have the, uh, the will to stick with an idea, it will never grow up to be a novel. Yep. Like, no matter how good your ideas are, if you don't turn them into something, they just, they can't ever uh, actually become, like, substantial. Like, you either have to build it or experiment with it or write a story about it. Like, that's the way you make an yeah. idea worthwhile. Yeah, exactly. It's like should he be giving her more credit for her role in the creative process yeah sure i'm sure that they like have conversations and she is part of the she is part of the writing process but also like come on it's he's doing the bulk of the right. labor right like he's like he's the one like yeah, writing like, the words you want ideas i got ideas how about this a uh license plate bracket bunch of infrared leds around it uh that way uh if something tries to take a photo of your license it's washed out by the leds because a lot of those cameras are uh infrared sensitive so they work in low light mm. uh mm. It, people wouldn't even see that it's doing anything but it it wouldn't work for cameras that's an idea, mm. but if if you don't make it and test it and do things, it's not worth a whole lot. I don't know. I've, yeah. I've been thinking a lot about uh, license plate uh, readers because they're being deployed more and more, and that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, not a it fan. It allows, like, the way they're deploying it allows you to build a map of where people in your community drive. Like, yep. where, when, like, 
you can you can create an incredibly detailed image of what a person does day to day based off of stuff like that. Yep, because this is car country, oh, yeah. baby. Yeah. You want to get somewhere without a car? Hope you live in like one of a handful of right. places. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of places you can live where you can probably get away with not having a car. It's not going to be as easy, mm-hmm. but like, I, and you know, but if you hell, if you take public transit everywhere, like you have a transit pass, right? That leaves logs that the state can subpoena. I mean, you know. Yeah, depending on what your transit system is. I mean, I'm sure some mm-hmm. transit systems you can pay in cash and not really, like, charge a card that's pretty yeah. much a- anonymous. Yeah, that's a good point. I, that, Yeah, I think most bus passes aren't, like, tied to your identity. Right. Unless you can, like, Yeah, I was going online, to say it's but, probably yeah. more common now because people like the convenience. Yeah. And, you know, maybe if you fill them from a credit card. But, but like, people willingly put easy pass transponders in their car. And in fairness, I don't think the technology works all that well. If you're not going through a uh, turnpike, it's very unlikely someone is scraping your data. Yeah, like, if, yeah, because if someone can, like, read read a barcode or the RFID chip or whatever the hell is in those easy pass stickers... They can already, like, they're already close enough to my car to, like, look at my license plate or read the VIN or take a picture of it. Yeah, and things like the VIN are really interesting because, like, vehicle registrations are public records. And so you could find an individual and their address based on a VIN. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, we've talked last time, I forget if it was on camera, about, like, it's very easy to get suspe- incredibly accurate information about what cars people drive, just given right. their address. Yeah, uh, it's very weird. And, like, yeah, I I don't know. There's We're at a very weird crossroads where we can gather so, so much data that it's uh, it allows us to do things we've never even... Like, you can't really wrap your head around what big data can do to you like oh yeah facial recognition is going to be a huge problem going forward and i don't really know how to stop it other than through legislation yeah hell that's that's the whole fucking edward stoden thing was like okay you know yeah the nsa has been vacu has been vacuuming up just all sorts of internet traffic all over the place for years and will not stop and you know they can search up whatever right. they want yeah and we've only gotten more and more capable mm-hmm fucking country this fucking yeah. world this isn't unique to the United States uh Something, something, five eyes. Yep. And I mean, you want to talk about uh, CCTV. I mean, places like the UK have phenomenally more public CCTV than uh, we do. Oh, yeah. It's all over the place there on rainy fascism right. island. <laughs> like, it, I don't know how much of that has facial recognition filters applied to it, but... 
there's some horrific stuff these days. I was just reading about a company yeah, like, that sells uh, license plate uh, readers, but they sell them to like mm-hmm. gated communities so you can know who comes in and out of your community. Mm. Which, uh, if there's, I mean, letting the cops know everywhere I go is really bad. Uh, and certainly letting the busy bodies of the uh, HOA know is less bad, but it still sounds fucking awful to me. Yeah, like, can you imagine getting a fucking nasty gram from your HOA saying, we noticed you had a guest over, or, you know, whatever, and he drives a a shitty car. Yeah, because that's exactly what that technology is for when it's in the hands of, you know, gated communities. Like yeah, like yeah, yeah. They'll use it to harass you about having get the same guest over too often or over for too long, or just like oh that car is uh, just an eyesore. We're going to give them trouble about it just because. Yeah, yeah. Go harass them just because we don't like the look Correct. of the guy or whatever. Like HOAs fucking suck. Yeah, they're not right. good. Yeah, it, it's truly, uh, it's one of the stranger things about how real estate works in America, that there's certain properties that you're legally required to enter into this agreement about. Because, like, if, you're, if your house is already a member, you generally don't get the choice to not sign on. Yeah. Yeah, like, if you want this house, like, alright, congratulations, you have to pay these dues and, like, be subject to the rulings of this, like, weird little board with basically no restrictions. You run by the, you know, it's a cliche to say anyone who wants power should not have it, but anyone who wants to be in charge of an HOA (laughs) should not have it. So, uh... (sighs) As far as notes uh, on what's going on in the show right now, they uh, Helena leaves with a partner of hers, and uh, says there's a curiosity, which is what they call an artifact right. back in those days. She asks where the uh, the scene is, and he he tells her that it was like just outside of. Pick Italy, like he pronounces Piccadilly, just like completely wrong. <laughs> I, I don't know yeah, how it happened. It, it's not like the first time. It's. Uh, I know I've talked about two worlds before. The, uh, you know, it's a video game. It's. It has its charm. There's some very funny stuff about it, but one of them is it's fully voice acted, which is pretty good for an RPG and. Whenever I mean, it it's pretty good for an RPG but these the days. <laughs> yeah, like, especially for, like, 2007. Right. Uh, for uh, 2007, basically, like, uh, I'd say, I want to say, uh, like, an Oblivion-like, but I don't know, like, if if that's apt all that much. I never liked Oblivion that much, and I don't know how the timeline goes. But regardless, but the the voice actors they got are... Not only do they not agree on, like, how to pronounce the the fantasy words, but, like, there's a guy who, like, owns a place where you put horses, and he's like, the 
the whatevers came into my coral and took all oh, my horses. Okay. Yeah. Not corral. Huh. Uh, I wonder if they did a lot of the recording, like, independently. Like, I'm guessing yeah. they hired some uh, pretty budget uh, voice actors who could record at home and just, like, submit their voice clips. And they just gave them a list of things to say. Yeah, there's that, and there's also the fact that I'm pretty sure that the company was not based oh, okay. in the United yeah, that, States. That makes it doubly difficult, because, like, unless you have a native uh, speaker, you can't do a localization. Like, it yeah, just doesn't they're... work. Like, you yeah. might get it good enough for everyone to understand, but there will be something that someone can make fun of in it. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I don't want to dunk on him too much. They made a pretty, they made a, at least a game that is renowned. And in fact, when Two Worlds 2 came out, it surprised and disappointed everyone okay. by being good. Uh, but uh, yeah, like the company is, is Polish. And so I can see how, you know, getting voice actors is weird. And in fact, like when you start up the game and ask like, do you want to register the software? And one of the options is you can have your modem dial up to a phone number in Poland to register the Fantastic. game. <laughs> I kind of doubt the number still works. The company has been bought out and shoveled around I downloaded a, a uh, newsreader client to try and read news groups uh, on Usenet, yeah. and they just don't work. I haven't been able to find a single one that has any posts that aren't spam. <laughs> Yeah, like I, yeah, like I've Thunderbird has a newsreader built in, but it's also like nobody's using Usenet to right. post anymore. Like it's all spam and piracy. It's very disappointing because I think it would be uh, yeah. really interesting to see what's going on on Usenet, and I haven't found any yeah, active I wanna, like, servers. Post yeah, I want to, like, post some good shit on a news group. I want to... I don't know. Start, like, putting some of my good masks that Although, I'll post up uh, there. you can always just go on SDF and use B-Board. Since it's the same thing, yeah, but a lot more much. active somehow. <laughs> well, yeah, because people use SDF. I'm, I bet you could log on to SDF and, like, use NNews or whatever. But again, nobody's using... It. Yeah, nobody's posting reasonable stuff right. on the Usenet. nice part about using B-Board is it reaches all of the people on SDF, which is probably more than the people yeah. using uh, Usenet to chat with others. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, there's, like, one guy on Usenet who's like, man, where is everyone? This fucking sucks. I'm just trying to meet babes. Yeah, I... I'm honestly disappointed that I didn't learn to use Usenet as a small child, because at the time, uh, that was where you talked about unicycling. Like, mm. uh, the move f to a forum from Rec Sports Unicycle uh, was a, a big event in the community. And now no one uses the forum because no one likes logging into forums. Which is really disappointing, yeah. because forums kind of rule. Yeah. I'm always... I was never, like, on a forum, but I think I would have enjoyed it. It's... 
I I always liked the feel of forums because they have they're very genuinely their own community. And like Yeah. It's so nice to have that online. Because most yeah. places it's like, okay, we have to be everything. We have to be, you know, the new MySpace, the new Facebook, like Yeah. Yeah, like you yeah, like you log on Yeah, exactly. And that's what's nice about Mastodon is like you can know yeah. people. You can you know, you can be like, Oh yeah, that's so and so. I I know them for some value right. of no. Usually like, you know, I know of them or like you know, kind of the bar I, I I use in my head is like, I know the name they use in Meat Space, and it is different from their ads. Right. You know. Yeah, like, yeah, I I generally know people in that I know off the top of my head where they live to like a rough idea, or if they don't keep, if they don't ever post that, then I don't. But I could still know someone without knowing that. But but that's yeah. like the basic uh, bar is if I know where you live, it means if I somehow ended up there, I'm going to message you and be like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I haven't like, met yeah. you in meat space, but if the opportunity presented itself, I'd at least attempt to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like Mastodon is like the first place I've been where like. I've had that kind of relationship with people and like. I've followed through on it a couple of times. It's been delightful. I've made really yeah, good that's, friends here. Yeah, that's one of the things that really impressed me about it. And I I always talk about it as a rehumanization because, like, it's harder to be antisocial when you know your mods. And that's, mm-hmm. that's how forums always operated. Like, just don't be antisocial yeah. because someone's going to be annoyed at having to deal with you. Yeah, because, like, yeah, because, like, you know you're... Yeah, like, as mod as human, as, like, a person that is, you know, as, you know, a person who, like, you probably talk to because they're also on this forum to talk right. to people. You know, you you don't moderate the whatever forum if you don't, like, want to talk to people I about mean, it. you say that. <laughs> well. <laughs> all right, all right. I, uh... Like, there's a... This guy I found, Dan fixes coin ops or whatever, runs a, I think it's Improbable Island. It's yeah, I, I follow him. Maybe we're, we're mutual. It doesn't matter. Uh, and lately they've been doing this big old thread about like I've run an online you know community game forum thing for a long time now. These are the pitfalls people fall into. This is what you want to do if you want to build a community, and it's shit like you know, I don't know. Let people customize themselves. Let them people associate an image with themselves and color their names and like make a name for themselves yeah. or whatever. Because you know, if you, which is stuff that like if you go on Reddit or whatever, which is kind of what's re- what Reddit has kind of replaced right. forums. But Bring like back signatures. Unless, I want marquee. And, I want scrolling text. I want signatures. <laughs> Doing all of those <laughs> things all at once. Animated uh, gifts in your signature. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And that's the, but that's the thing, right? It's like on Reddit, you're just like, unless you're like really famous for some reason, you know, unless you're, you know, 
you're nothing. Like, you're just a name, and people don't even read the names. Yeah, yeah, I've been on a bunch... I've always felt that Reddit is, does a better job than most at uh, providing a place for you to, like, gain knowledge about something, but it's not a great social yeah. experience. Yeah. Like, if you just want to, like, read about... If you want to, like, consume the content feed, like, I'm sure Reddit's It's great. very good if you have a hobby and, like... Because... There's better ways to learn about things that are, go on in more formal settings, but, like, if you have a niche hobby and you want to learn more about it, the only way to do that is to talk to other people who are into your hobby. And, like, yeah. that's what Reddit does, but it never builds a connection between those people very well, in my experience. So, you know, unless you happen to have a conversation with the same person a couple of times and realize that you've you know each other at this point, you're unlikely to ever remember someone's username on there. Yeah. But, you know, you have the opposite end of the spectrum is, like, currently the unicycling community is mostly organized on Facebook, and Facebook has zero ability to grow institutional knowledge. Which makes it infuriating because you rehash the same conversation over and over because people who would have read it and learned it never get the opportunity to yeah and yeah like you can't no one will ever land on a facebook post by a search engine maybe they do but like it's it's not designed for that yeah you the reason like you will google a problem and find a forum post from 2007 is because like google knows how to look at those but like facebook posts they're they're ephemeral and they're inf- they're ephemeral in the bad ways and permanent in the bad yeah. ways. Yeah, and so it's just like, for instance, in unicycling, it's really exhausting to see the same questions about learning over and over and over when you have a group that's ostensibly for talking about unicycling. Like, we do a lot of different stuff, but all of the questions we field are for learners about learning how to ride what's a good first unicycle that sort of stuff so it's just not a fun way to be online yeah like what you would want to do is like log on to your unicycle forum and find like a sticky thread about it or at least like be able to like right you know this conversation has happened before you should be able to look there and at least reddit lets you pin yeah and they have a wiki system so like if just pinning threads isn't enough. You can generally uh, have a wiki that gives you a little directory of important threads. Like, mm-hmm. it's actually usable for that purpose, which I don't think Facebook yeah. groups are. I think forums yeah. worked a little better, but they were not because they were designed to be better, simply because, yeah. you know, you'd have your sticky of mega thread. Like,. Yeah. If someone put in the work to make it organized, it worked great. I don't think it was naturally a better yeah. solution for that sort of thing. I just think it happened to no. work because pe- because a lot of people used forums and developed good ways to interact with them. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Helena and unnamed friend are like going to look for the are going out to solve this british crime 
gets some back and forth about uh, Helena talks about her good friend, as my good friend Mr. Doyle says, the game is afoot. Uh, nice right. name dropping. They're really having fun uh, with her being back in uh, 1890s England. Yeah, I sure I'm in the past. Uh, and her, her friend's like, oh, is there anyone in London you haven't enchanted? And it's like, well, I I tried to fuck Oscar Wilde, but he right. wasn't into it. Yeah, they, uh, uh, they, they used euphemistic terms, but basically the, uh, the suggestion is that Helena has slept with damn near everyone she's uh come across yeah which is again a weird thing to do with your bi character i mean like whatever the thing that got me about it is it's so different from the helena we know like why is this suddenly how this works when it like i mean i think she you know played up flirty angles when it was uh good for comedic effect or yeah convenient yeah but like it never really felt like it it doesn't feel like the same character having this conversation yeah yeah it's weird to go from several of my lovers were men to i fucked every man in london (laughs) yeah it, it it seems a little like Outside of the character we know Helena as. Yeah. Like, arguably, we might be seeing the less real Helena, and that's the more real Helena before she decided she was destroying the world. But, yeah. like, I I think it's a little bit of a cop-out to say, oh, well, we see this imperfect image of Helena when our image is the only one that exists. Yeah, and also, mind you, this is Helena telling the story. Like, right. this is... This is her relating her memory of events. So, like, this is clearly how she wants to present herself. Or at least how she remembers presenting right. herself. You know, maybe she's... Maybe she's playing it up to, like, you know, show off to Pete. To Pete I'm like, oh, yeah, I know Arthur Conan Doyle, right. huh? Huh? I almost... You know, I, you I know who I am? Oscar Wilde. I'm the lady who... Oh, <laughs> I'm the lady I'm the lady who failed who tried and failed to fuck a gay man. Uh I really just like Claudia, I guess. Um Well Claudia didn't like tr- Claudia didn't try to come on to Steve. She thought Steve was coming on to her. But but again, the show isn't like if it's trying to do the unreliable narrator thing where Helena like tries to play up, you know, talk herself up. It doesn't come across. Yeah, it it felt a little out of place, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And then she she finds the pile of, like, white ash that this dude got turned into and uh, starts doing science to it. None of his clothes survived, but a piece of paper did. I don't know what exactly this uh, Horn of Jericho's uh, method of function is. But it turns people to sand, but paper is fine. Well, it got. I think what happened is the guy was carrying a book, and the horn happened to miss, like, this part okay. of the book? I guess? Because he was carrying, like, a book of astronomical records oh, to the right, observatory yeah. or whatever. 
Yeah, and she only got like a scrap of paper, so it must have destroyed most of it. Uh, they yeah. do. Uh, she explains that uh, it's the path between here and there, and so she knows exactly who it is. And they make way for the observatory, which looks way too modern. Yeah. Like, there's a big, like, retractable, like, openable roof, which I don't think would have been happened, possible with the, the technology. Like, the construction methods were decidedly not, you know, 1890s construction methods. Like, yeah. we have a lot of extrusions happening, a lot of sheet metal that, like, you couldn't readily get the sort of results they did they have there now it's very yeah. hard to find an old timey but very advanced looking old timey uh observatory yeah especially given that they already had some kind of modern observatory set that they were using for later in the episode right you might as well just take that and make it look steampunky yeah it it didn't quite work for me because it jumped out, but like it wasn't too bad. I think I'm being a little bit uh a little bit overly critical there. Yeah, what are you gonna do? But uh I wrote English nationalist. Yeah. Then we we go to the future. Our uh okay, our villain turns out to be another oh, yeah. warehouse agent. Uh oh, the one with the mustache, obviously, because he's the villain. Yeah. And yeah, nice waxed curly mustache. And as he's monologuing and revealing his plan, uh, he makes clear that he was trying to uh, do experiments to develop weapons for the uh, British Empire because there were rumors of them moving the warehouse to America. And he can't allow that to happen because Britain needs the tactical advantage. Yeah, he wants Britain to have the artifacts and continue having an empire right. and winning and wars. He states that the empire is on the wane. And then makes mm -hmm. some comment about flying this ship that he built uh, out straight to the front door of the Reichstag. Yeah, so his plan is to take this, you know, take this horn that this really powerful weapon that, you know, turns people into dust and give and give it to the Germans. Use it to impress the Germans, <laughs> mostly. Uh, it seemed mm -hmm. like he was saying use it against the Germans, which like is yeah. understandable from a modern perspective. But I don't think in 1891 the idea of Britain going to war with Germany would have made that much sense. Like, considering what they were actually doing at the time. Yeah. Like, they were in between Boer Wars in South, Amer in, in South Africa. Like, they were fighting a war in uh, the general Egypt area. Like, they were doing plenty of things, and it didn't have anything to do with, uh, with Germany at all. Yeah, like, this is... 
Like this is this is Pax Britannica right. times. This is like the European countries had just come to a uh, agreement about Africa that basically was like grab up as much of it as you can as fast as you can. It's a free for all. Go for it. So that yeah. was what all of the European countries were doing. They were just happily yeah. dividing up Africa for themselves, regardless of what the people who lived there thought. Yeah, like, like, right, like, this is kind of the height of British imperialism. They're gonna be. It won't be till World War One where that anyone actually threatens them about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, America had already fought its revolution. Uh, yeah, I think there were some pretty substantial uh, revolutionary type activities. I mean. Boer Wars yeah. 1 and yeah. 2, uh, lots of conflict in India. Like, there, there yeah. was lots going on, uh, but the British yeah. also had a lot of advantage because they had a military that was designed for doing imperialism. Yeah, like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's uh. very easy to be technologically more, uh, capable of fighting a war when your whole deal is that you do things that piss off people who uh who will likely want to fight you later yeah and and it would have made sense if he wanted to like drive uh if he wanted to drive it i don't know you know brinwith had a whole dust up with russia or whatever but again it doesn't matter the point is he's a nationalist he wants to use the artifacts to make England look really good, I guess. Is it doesn't his plan doesn't make any right. sense. He but built that's fine. some sort of he's, he's built himself flying rocket. rocket thing. And the only thing he can think about is showing it off to the Germans for some reason. Like yeah. where he really didn't need to justify it that way. It's just cool. Do it because it's cool and because you believe that you need to uh you know, advanced science or whatever. But no, he's uh, yeah. he's into uh, British imperialism, so I guess uh, welcome to 1890s uh, London, I guess. Yeah, I, again, a running theme on this show is that the, the Warehouse 13 writers aren't great at writing right. villains. Uh, and at least in this case, it seems like, you know, if you grew up on that cursed, cursed island at that time, it it's a type of guy. He's definitely a type of guy. Yeah. Like, there are definitely a lot of imperialist types of yeah, guys. Yeah, they had no shortage of people volunteering it, to go fight in South Africa or whatever. So, like... Yeah, like, it was... Yeah, like, it was a, probably a very popular type right. of guy back then. Uh... Yeah, so, long story short, this guy fires his rockets, uh, it goes into space. Helena manages to, like, redirect it at the last minute. Yeah, she, like, pointed it straight and, up. <laughs> yeah, and she wanted to shoot it off into space. Where yeah, she wanted to do to him what, uh, what, uh, Jojo did to the Pillar Man, uh, whichever one it was, mm -hmm. uh. Cars? Yeah, it was Cars, wasn't it, that he punched into space. <laughs> I mean, 
I can't remember. I can't remember any of the any of there the other pillar was Whammo, men, so, You know, there was ACDC oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Santana. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm so glad that Iraqi names all of his uh, all of his stuff after American music or uh, it's really generally, good. Uh, Anglosphere music. Yeah, it's yeah, it's delightful. It's pretty funny. It's it's good and funny. Uh, I gotta actually like watch JoJo one of these days. I. I like the idea that because Araki is genuinely a pretty big music fan, I feel like he's heard songs about JoJo's and been, like, actually yeah. genuinely hype about it. Yeah. Like, I I uh, wrote a review for Minidisc Rocks that was about uh, Open Mike Eagle's anime trauma and divorce, and uh, he has... A song where he's casting himself as the next uh, Joe Star, and like I like to believe that uh, Araki at some point listened to this and was like very excited that someone liked his series enough to make a song. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, anyway, we flash forward to 1962, where there was a couple making out in a car. Yep. I didn't. I didn't write their couple. I didn't write the couple's name down. I don't know if they had names. I am calling them. That uh, no. Chad. Chad Letter Jacket and. Girl times. I don't know. Doesn't I, matter. It doesn't matter because they. Um. I don't think they die. I think they just like activate the horror. Yeah, and I believe their names are scram. Billy and Peg. Uh, just yeah, that very. Makes sense. 60s Ohio names. Oh, uh, yeah. I noted here that HG quipped that she's never been to Ohio. Oh, this is when they decided they're going yeah. that way. We're still in the flashback. Yeah. I mean, I guess it would make sense given that. Uh, she was bronzed and then she was a little busy. Yeah. Well, she certainly was, like, at-large for a while. We never learned what she was at-large doing, but I guess she was never in Ohio. She was not, had no yeah, reason to it, go to it's Ohio. it's not terribly surprising that you would never be to Ohio if you, uh, you know, just got unbronzed and had plans. Like, your plans probably don't yeah. take you to Ohio. Yeah, whatever your ill-defined and weirdly eco-fascist plans yeah, are. Unless her plans involved messing with specifically Pete's family, like, <laughs> uh... Which they very nearly did. Well, no, I'm... She didn't... No, I'm thinking of McPherson, who went after Micah's family. Don't listen to me. Yeah, and then, uh... Yeah, if they'd have gone after Pete's family... Then suddenly you have a reason to go to Ohio since they live in Ohio. Yeah, I'm so pretty sure go. that's canon. I'm pretty sure he says that he grew up in Ohio as Pete, not just as Eddie. Yeah, I mean that would make sense given um everything. Right. I mean, he wears the shirts. At least given like yeah. given all the shirts. Uh So yeah, so a cow gets fucking vaped. Uh, Jack C. Corden and Rebecca St. Clair show up. Uh, 
and uh, you know they show up and look at it and be like, ah, hey, look at this. And then Peter might go to Ohio, find Jack and Rebecca's car, uh, find the astonishing the book of astonishing tales in the car's trunk, and uh, Helena's like, oh, what if my stories <laughs> is in there? Uh, I wonder where the royalties are. And Pete's like, oh, what are you going to do? Buy an island? You fucking supervillain. Go live in an island. Go buy an island lair and hire someone to twirl your mustache. I mean, if I had uh, Helena Wells money, presumably it's a lot. That's what I'd do. (laughs) Yeah, like if I had... Yeah, yeah, if I had fuck off book royalties or whatever, I would... You know, there's a number of reasons why I'd buy a fucking island lair. That would rule. You know, I don't think I would, actually. But I totally understand the will, too. Yeah. You know, I am a supervillain. It's a good gender. Uh, And uh, Pete's also just, like, really mad at Helena about... He's blaming her for a lot of this, even though... This isn't her fault. Right. Also, uh... Pete was expressing his surprise that Jack was an amazing tales sort of guy. He he would have figured he was more of a playboy type of guy. Now that's got some amazing tales. Yeah. Uh, Clearly referring yeah, to Pete the is, uh, columns. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I mean, I think maybe that was just him remembering his time in the uh, 60s. Where he was dealing with that, uh, that magazine publisher. Oh, yeah. Where, yeah. uh, he talks about how much he likes Sports Illustrated and the publisher looks at him kind of weird. Because he was in the <laughs> middle of talking about, uh, Playboy or some magazine publishing yeah. Gorgeous Women or whatever. And Pete yeah. thought of the swimsuit, uh, edition of sports illustrated and didn't realize that it was uh not yet invented (laughs) yeah and this pete is horny in this episode he's also like weirdly touchy with the waitress bringing him the pie earlier it's yeah that was one of those overly familiar sort of it yeah it may be uncomfortable watching it yeah also this episode has this episode has both both at least two Pete genders, hungry and horny. Possibly three, depending on if you count Snippy. Yeah. Also, it's a standout that we're having this conversation. Because if this were season one, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. He was just horny every episode. Yeah. He and then he had a whole thing where he wasn't horny because he was worried about Micah or whatever, but now he's back to right. being horny. Uh, I. So in the flashback, they uh, they tried blasting the uh, horn with the Tesla because it was just sort of blasting off in random directions and was going to kill yeah. people or whatever. And the Tesla didn't do anything. We tried everything and uh, none of it worked. We're out of ideas. Yeah, they they tried shooting it. Uh, Jack tried. Picking it up, and that didn't work. Although eventually Rebecca just shot it with a revolver. 
<laughs> and they, they're like, well, all right. I guess that works. Well, that settles that. Uh, and it kind of did, actually. They just kind of shot it and left it? Uh, they went looking for it, but they didn't find it. Because, because uh, a little boy hiding in see, their trunk climbed out at just the right time. It landed at his feet, and he ran off with it. Yep, there's a, yeah, there's a whole thing where Jack and Rebecca sh- show up at Dad Farley's house. Uh, D- at Doug Farley's house. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, we're from the government. Can you tell us anything? We're looking for this guy. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then a young Daniel, you know, who's really into astronauts and amazing Yeah, he's tales. wearing a uh, spaceman helmet the entire time. Yep. And uh, who... He basically saw all of this happen and ran off with the horn. Right. Yeah, and so we finally have an idea of how the horn got to Pittsburgh. Kind of amazing he didn't vaporize Uh, himself along the way at some point, honestly. Yeah. Because it's harmless if it's not, like, hooked up to, say... Some steampunk rocket engine right, thing. Like, I believe you could blow it and it was effective to like 20 meters or so. But yeah, yeah, it's not nearly as dangerous when it's not attached to, yeah, some sort of rocket bellows. Yeah. And like when Jack is trying to like hook it up to the thing, he's trying to, you know, get the horn. He's, uh, yeah, it. Like he like picks it up, and like it's sealed with some kind of wax. Right. Can't can't you melt? Yeah, that's wax? why he Tesla it. He he thought the Tesla would melt the wax, and it just didn't work apparently. Oh, I guess. It, I don't know. It, it wasn't that back in the. I don't know. It seemed like you could have tried a lighter or something. There's but a lot of things you probably could do. Wax is not exactly the paragon yeah. of building materials. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's wax. You could probably, like, get it soft with your hands. Yeah, you could probably, uh, scratch it off with your fingernail. Yeah, it's, it's wax. Like, come on. Uh, like, we seal wet letters shut with wax. It's not like... Yeah, and you don't tear the letter to get past the seal. Like, you can just pull the wax up. Yeah. Though, you might tear the letter if you want to keep the... Keep it sealed or preserve the... It doesn't matter. Uh, point is, like, oh, there's wax there. Whatever will we do? But, uh, whatever. So, Pete, Pete and Micah go and call Claudia about Daniel Farley. They get sent to the university he worked at until four years ago. And apparently he's just been completely off the grid for the last four years. Uh... It's apparently really easy to just be off the grid in Warehouse 13 world. I mean... Because this, this is not the first time when someone has just like... Oh, we can't find him. Which is funny, because they have access to, like, every ATM ever. Yeah, like, this guy has no bank account. He's never farted in front of a traffic camera. Yeah, like, it. it seems... Obviously, when you have a super uh, powerful uh, find people computer, you need it to have limitations or else suddenly it doesn't make sense that you can't just solve things instantly. 
but yeah also like it it seems really inconsistent just how good this computer is yeah because like they, they don't even have that much trouble finding daniel the only thing is they have to go to his go to the university he used to work at where like they apparently have kept his office as it was for the last four years. Of course, that's what you do. They, they just, like, go into this guy's office, and it's all, like, you know, there's red yarn strung up everywhere. There's star maps with, like, a particular star circle, and he's like, I know these. These are star maps. I used to look at the stars with my dad. <laughs> right. I like, used to have a I, uh, Charlie Kelly Peppy Sylvia uh, room with my dad where we looked at the star maps. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, you know, being at this university and being like, hey, could I have an office? Oh, no, we're still, um, you know, Daniel left that office like that. I guess we're just keeping it that way. He has a bunch of important research that we think he'll come back to. (laughs) Like, there's red yarn everywhere. The walls are plastered with star maps and, like, new magazine covers about this one star that with planets in the Goldilocks zone and all that. And uh, basically they find they find Daniel. Right. He's in some sort of observatory. Yeah, he's at the uh, he's at the old abandoned SETI observatory that they just closed down due to budget cuts, I guess. So it's really interesting because if this were a show that filmed on location. They would have gone to the actual National Observatory. Like, there is a gigantic and impressive observatory on top of a hill in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's in use anymore. But, like, it's uh, a really fascinating building. But, yeah, they didn't do that. They they just sort of had a building that looked like uh, it was probably a radio station since they used a still with uh, a bunch of... Uh, satellite dishes on the outside, just like white satellite dishes mm-hmm. in front of a white building. Yeah. And also, I did want to point out, uh, when they first get to Pittsburgh, they are, Pete is having some, what, like, fries on nachos or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. And is that a real thing? No. No, it absolutely is not. But putting fries on things is a real thing. Like, apparently uh, it's a lot less common than I think it is to put fries on a salad. It's very common around here. Like, there will be a salad on the menu with some fries on it. But uh, the iconic Pittsburgh thing is Permanti Brothers sandwiches, which are just sandwiches with coleslaw and french fries on them. Like, cold french fries, specifically. I, uh... I'm not a huge fan, Uh, honestly. Like, they're not the greatest, but that is a specific Pittsburgh thing. Yeah. Also, Pete gets... Something all over the Farnsworth and licks it off. Yeah, nacho cheese, which I think is the only reason it was nachos. Yeah. Even though it could, could I guess have been could chili be ch- cheese fries or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It could have been 
you know, chili or whatever, but you don't serve chili cheese fries would have made sense. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that Pete like licks the Farnsworth clean. Everyone tells him, Pete, that's gross. Stop doing that. Right. Yeah. I guess Pittsburgh also uh, has uh, Ohio River Valley pizza, which is just pizza, but made wrong. <laughs> like it's pizza. If you forgot to put the cheese and the toppings on, and you pulled it out of the oven and went, oh, not again. And then just threw, <laughs> threw all of that shit on after you baked it. Ohio Valley style pizza comes out of the oven covered only with unseasoned tomato sauce and a layer of melted cheese. This looks like, so you don't melt the Yeah, cheese. you just throw it on top. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. This is one of those things that I'm not certain actually exists. Like I live here and I've never ha- I've never experienced this pizza. Apparently, you could go to DeCarlo's in Steubenville, Ohio, and right, get it. which is probably the closest genuine place I can get it. No, I think there's like an East Liverpool place. Oh yeah, but that's the one that's for cops. There's one oh. closer to me, but. That's listed as, like, a prominent and authentic example. But it's, like, it's all about cops. They love the cops there. Uh, Ah. Wow, shitty pizza and their pro-cop? Imagine. Yeah. Give me a good pizza, like a Briar Hill pizza. The other local pizza that I can get. Uh. And so they they eventually piece together that this guy is that Daniel Farley is he has the horn and he is using it to try and contact aliens who he think took his dad. Right. Yeah. And all three of the blasts in the present day have been at this star whose name I didn't write down. But uh you know, he keeps, burr, 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 and if he keeps at it, he is going to zap Allegheny Field on the night of a ball game. Right. Fascinating. Uh, there's a lot going on here. So, like, maybe I'm not much of a astronomer or whatever, but, like, if he's aiming at a star, shouldn't he be aiming yeah, up? Yeah, somehow these stars are, this star is always on the horizon because uh, I, I freeze-framed and looked very closely at the map that they put all of the hits on, and it appears he is uh, firing from up on Mount Washington. Like, that's where an observatory would be if there were one up there. There isn't actually, but it it yeah. is, you know, high altitude has really long sight lines. Uh, yeah, like if you're, yeah, that's the reasonable place to build yeah, an observatory. Yeah, you'd probably be firing downward to get to the uh, Fort Pitt Bridge. Uh, yeah. It's also worth noting the Fort Pitt Bridge... Uh, spits you out right at the uh, confluence of the three rivers, which is a big, like, that's the center of Pittsburgh. Uh, Mm -hmm. That is also where all of pro baseball has always been played. 
And where they put Allegheny Field, this fin- fictional field, is in Lawrenceville for some reason. Like, <laughs> just the middle of fucking uh, nowhere, as far as in the city of Pittsburgh uh, goes. Ah. Uh, I, I was shocked to find that later they use a still of, or an overhead shot of the ball field. And it is PNC Park, the real pro baseball stadium that they play baseball in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, As seen in the uh, hit sci-fi film, Stonado. (laughs) Stonado? Yeah, like stone. uh, Oh yeah, Stonado is plural. Yeah. Yeah, it was plural. Well, Stonado is also known as okay, Stonado. Uh, we're all right. <laughs> yeah. I love that the Sci-Fi Channel realized that they hit a real winner when they made Sharknado. So all they tried to do was uh, redo that. So they made like they made like much. seven Sharknado movies, and then they made Stonado as one of these movies, and it's. Such a fascinating film. Yeah. Because Uh they had to pull its initial release uh, because it has some... uh, So the stones are about the size of a pressure cooker. And one of them straight up lands like near the finish line of the Boston Marathon. And then the stones sit there for a while and explode. And, like, Mm. the Boston Marathon bombing happened, and they had to immediately pull it from TV before its uh, debut. So Uh, that's certainly a thing that happened. Certainly an unfortunate turn of events. Uh but fascinatingly, uh, I, I've never seen the movie, but I've watched the trailer, and I think it's uh, incredible, for one thing. But the most incredible thing is everyone's huddling in this uh, this stadium as, like, a place for uh, disaster relief. And it's right on the shore. And these stone natos are all water spouts, so it's a horrible place to go. Yeah. yeah. But the stadium they use in the trailer is Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, which factually is on a shore. It's on the shore of a river. <laughs> but, uh. like... <laughs> they're all hiding out in Heinz Field in apparently Boston. Ah. All right, whatever. (laughs) Ballparks is ballparks. What are you going to do? Ballparks is ballparks. Waterfronts is waterfronts. It doesn't matter if you could pretty readily swim across this waterfront. Ah. Anyways. Uh, Where were we? So, yeah, he's going to zap Allegheny Field, which... I have just learned from you does Doesn't not exist. exist. Isn't um, where uh, they say it is if it did exist. <laughs> yeah. And again, 
if he's aiming for the stars, why <laughs> why doesn't he aim up? Yeah. It's weird. Because, like, I could see the star sitting low on the horizon, but, like, if so, I know he's on the top of a hill. And if there's one thing yeah. I can tell you about Pittsburgh, it's hills. <laughs> like, they mm -hmm. certainly have them. So, if you pointed something across the horizon, it would be very hard to hit the top of the Fort Pitt Bridge. It would be impossible to hit a stadium. Because, like, that... Mm -hmm. Lawrenceville, for one thing, sits lower than the top of Mount Washington, unsurprisingly. It also, like... So there's no angle you can shoot at that isn't into the ground to get there. <sighs> so yeah, I, I don't really know the way this all works, but he is blasting, uh... He, he is uh, tooting his horn wherever he pleases. And someone needs to stop him. Yep. And they stop him by um, trying to tell him, hey, you're shooting a big laser that turns things into dust all over the place. And he's like, oh, I don't believe you. Because he, he thinks Pete and Micah are Jack and Rebecca for some right. reason. Um, I think it's because he sees Pete's Tesla and, you know, puts two and two together. Um. And then, uh, basically, this happens until, um, uh, they open up Helena's magic eight ball, have her hologram pass the, the force field that he has built around himself, I guess? That is conveniently impervious to Tesla blasts and being rammed, and Pete ramming himself into it. Yeah, like, I know uh, that, uh... I know that it's to protect him from whatever, but, like, he's, he's an, he studies stars and planets and looks through telescopes. How does he build a force field? Yeah, how does he build this, like, super force field that, like, it, he could have just, like, built himself a little bunker, but, like, no, it had to be a force field so that, you know, the cinematography works, I guess. Right, because they really wanted the effect of Helena walking through. Pretty much. Uh. Da da da. But Helena hits him with the old A, I built that rocket. B, we've all lost loved ones. C, you know. Hey, buddy, knock it off. And I guess that works. Yeah, her monologue saves the day. Hooray. I'm yep. I'm pretty sure and anyone then, could have done this because once they said, "Dude, you're killing people and you're about to blast 40,000 people in a stadium across town." Like that should have mm -hmm. been enough. Yeah, he didn't like believe them. Right. But like But you're you're the star guy. Work out like just draw a line. What Yeah. What direction are you facing? Like, Is this plausible? You, like, yeah, like maybe you, know, you have some sort of. You've got yeah. a telescope. Like, grab your telescope. Look in the direction you just blasted. Notice the giant holes. Yeah. Maybe you have some sort of device 
for looking at things far away <laughs> that uh, you can point in a specific direction. Ah. Uh, yeah. So, long story short, this works. Um, they, they grab the horn, the trumpets, they put it away. Congratulations, you, you did this thing that, um, you know, three generations of warehouse agents failed to do. Um, and then we get a flashback to the 60s when, uh, we see Jack Secord and Rebecca St. Clair, like, looking at a bronzed Helena and saying, Oh, man, what could this nutty dame possibly know? Doesn't matter. We can't let, we can't unbronze her because, you know, who knows what, uh, who knows what she'll do. She's probably bronzed for a good reason. And then Rebecca like, mentions some thoughts she has about leaving the warehouse, but then that just kind of turns into, that just kind of turns into, um... And also, we better does some epic feminism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, uh, she points out that if you were, uh, if you were a smart, uh, and strong woman in that time, you probably made some enemies or whatever. Yeah, which is also what when we first made Helena, that's why what she says she got bronzed for. Right. But apparently she also wanted to be bronzed to enact her weird revenge plan. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it seems it was just dishonest. Which like yeah. okay. Yeah, so we don't really get to learn why Helena was bronzed, but I guess some combination of she wanted to be and they were just bronze and dames left and right back in the 1800s. Yeah, I mean, the story is that, like, she was trying to resurrect her daughter and it caused a yeah. warehouse agent to die. It, it was not intentional, but she, uh, they were like, hey, something has yeah. to happen. And she's like, bronze me. I need it. It bronze me, bronze me up. Bronze me, bronze up, me up inside. <laughs> bronze me. And, uh, yeah. And Rebecca, like, mentions, she sounds like she's going to say, hey, maybe we should, like, stop working for the warehouse. It seems like this is a shitty, deadly job. You know, again, one of the very few things we know about Rebecca is that, like, she is very much of the opinion that the warehouse is not bad, but, like, don't work for it, or at least don't work for work for it for too long because it either kills you or it sucks. The yeah, life she's out of you. well aware of the damage it does. But then she's like, "Well, this job could kill us any day. We should make the most of it by, I guess, making out with each other more." Right. Yeah, the most important thing. Uh, Claudia is, like, messing with Artie's chair, and he's very upset about it because it's specially adjusted for his special scoliosis back. And then I have something about HG's joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. Hmm. I didn't write down anything about that. I thought it ended on, like, Rebecca having second thoughts about the warehouse. Yeah, it, it might have. I'm not really sure where. I I don't have any notes about Rebecca uh, at the end there. Yeah, yeah. Like HG spends a lot of this a lot. 
I do remember, like, at the end, right before she, like, goes back on her magic eight ball or whatever, she's, again, uh, holding the locket with the picture of her daughter inside. Right. Because, you know, remember, she's upset about her daughter. Right. Recurring visual themes. Let's make sure you pick up on them. Yeah. Very, like, very intentionally playing with her necklace. And I think that's the episode. Yep, I think that's it. Alright. There was a lot going on, but, you know, it's a mystery, but it's not like a... It's kind of a weird mystery, but at least we got to see more Helena. Yeah, we got to see more Helena, some of the old-timey Rebecca and Jack, which we saw before, but we didn't see very much of, since most of the time they were just Pete and Micah. Yeah, getting... uh, Quantum leap. Right. <sighs> Next week we have uh, the one where they go into a video game. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Also, uh, sometime during this episode, uh, we we are reminded of Helena's time machine that quantum leaps you back in time, and you know both Helena and Artie like say that time travel is impossible, but. Didn't they travel through time in Eureka? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's in the same, uh, world. Yeah. Yep, they certainly did. But their their device was made by a different guy. A real smart guy, probably. A guy with a, who really works out at the library, right. if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, it was just Dr. Grant. Yeah, so it was the guy who uh, was the town historian in the episode we watched. So, you know, they never, like, called over to Eureka, like, hey, have you guys ever invented a time machine? I mean, at this point, Claudia had delivered it to the warehouse. <laughs> like, <laughs> this this time machine is in the warehouse right now. Like, the... <laughs> The crossover episode definitely already happened, and at the end of it, uh, Fargo set her up with the, or, uh, yeah, I think Fargo set her up with the time machine and said, hey, put this in the, uh, the warehouse, we shouldn't have it, because, uh, these nerds, they're gonna do science with it, and it'll be bad. (laughs) These fucking nerds, you can't trust them. I mean... That's also, the overall theme like, of Eureka, is if you let the nerds do science, they're going to do too much science and it'll be bad. Yeah, like, I, yeah, like, from what you've told me, like, the nerds did in fact do science with a time machine and it was bad. And let's be honest here, those nerds are being paid by the Department of the Defense to do bad science. Right. Yeah, even the ones who uh, don't particularly like that, they all at the very least, put up with the fact that their uh, science has to be uh, viable for some sort of defensive or economic advantage. Yeah, so, yeah. So not only does time travel exist, they could have time-traveled back to, you know, 1962... To 1962 Ohio or whatever and gotten the thing. Right, with just things that are within the warehouse. Because I think the only thing the, uh... The time machine that uh, Claudia brought back from Eureka was missing. 
was an adequate power source. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, you got something in the warehouse. Yeah, like, yeah, that was the whole thing. Um, Remember how it, ooh, HG's uh, fancy super fast Imperceptor Fest that never comes back, that never, that's never been mentioned again needed a power right. source? But they hooked it up with some antimatter batteries or whatever? Yeah, I... Don't you have more of those? I love that uh, HG built a ultra high tech uh, vest that makes you move faster than whatever. With yeah, make you move so fast you can't be with seen. With the knowledge, she would never have access to a power source to even test it, and then she gets that access, and it immediately just works. Yep, and then she has it, and then she never. Uses or mentions it again. Right. <laughs> yep. Uh, don't need this anymore. I got into the dark vault for this uh, locket with my daughter in it. Yep. Ah, this show. It is frustrating at times. Yes. Uh, and it. I'm forgetting. I'm just being reminded of how uh, next episode will be frustrating at times. Oh, I mean, we do this because right. we love it, including oh, the extremely this is going frustrating to be a very parts. fun episode, but it's going to have oh, frustrating boy. parts for sure. Uh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the fucking video game episode. Yeah, it, it it's a good one. <laughs> it doesn't really fit in with any of the uh, rest of the series because it's basically just a standalone to be a spin-off episode. Yeah, which, you know, we've talked about this before, like they do Monster of the Week pretty well. It's when they try to do big overarching plot lines that Yeah, that's where they usually they step fall. in it is when they they have yeah. to build a big complex villain and they just they heard complex correctly, but they went a little overboard and made it needlessly complex. Like, I have a 15-step yeah, like, plan to do what takes two steps. Yeah, and then his 15-step plan doesn't even make sense, and also it doesn't right. work. Um, And then Helena was, like, right on track, and then... And then I have no idea what they're doing with, like, shadowy chair sitter guy. Oh, yeah. But I don't... I already, like, don't really care as much about him. My expectations aren't as high, so, like, I'm, I assume I'll be let down, but not as much. I mean, I think they are doing the thing they did last season where they forget that they're supposed to do a uh, major overarching plot for the entire series until yep. uh, halfway through the season and they do all of it. So yeah, we'll we'll uh, circle back around and spend a lot of time on that guy. But for now, oh, it's just like, okay, whatever. We're just uh, doing our warehouse thing, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I don't really... I already don't really care about Shadow Boy. But, you know, I'm sure he'll surprise us. Yeah, a little bit. It It's actually really interesting, his backstory, but like... That's right. He's Steve right. Jinx. He was Steve Jinx all along. <laughs> hey, we got played. 
like a damn uh, fiddle. Uh, but anyways. <sighs> that about it? Should I play us out? Yeah, let's do it. Alright. Truly it was, Warehouse 13. Uh, I've been the Internet's beloved Princess Grace. You can find my writing programs, podcast posts, everything else that's fit to plug uh, at princess.software. Timmy, where can we find I'm you? I'm Timmy at George.horse. Uh, that's about it. Fair enough. <sighs> Alright. See you next week, folks, when we will discuss, I guess, the video game episode. Fit the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Josh fit the battle of Jericho when the walls came tumbling down. You may talk about the bonds of Gideon, you may brag about your man of Saul, but you never saw nothing like Joshua at the battle of Jericho. Stopped shining in the middle of the day The sky began to storm The ram horns, the sheep horns began to blow And the walls came tumbling down 